Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Who enjoyed the Make Room series, the two-month instalment of Make Room? Fantastic. About two people. Brilliant. It was worth the effort. Um, I'll ask you again. Who enjoyed the Make Room series? Fantastic. Everyone and everyone online as well. Um, Make Room. I remember the first um, Sunday of Make Room, Pastor Nath, when he was sharing, shared this picture of um, like a runway, an airport runway, a landing strip. And his, his thought was that in the Make Room series, God was going to clear away the clutter and repair and restore this runway. And I feel that over the two months, he's, he's done that. And as I was praying into this next series, our Encounter Jesus series on the run up to Easter, my prayers have taken me into a place where the landing strip, the runway, is ready to go. And so this series, God's going to land something on that runway. For us as a church, but also us as individuals, because we made room for him. And now we can encounter him in a new way. This series, Encounter Jesus. The whole idea is that over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at encounters that Jesus had in the Easter story, on the way up to his death and his resurrection. He met people, he did things, he had conversations. But I'm going to start the series at the very end of the story with a spoiler. A spoiler. Because there's something in this story that I'm about to share where God encounters two people. Encounters them. And what's interesting is that these two people are Jesus' friends. They know Jesus. They understand Jesus. They were his friends. But they didn't quite recognise Jesus when he landed in the story. Pope Francis has an interesting quote, and he says that every encounter we have with God changes our life. That would suggest that we have more than one encounter with God, because every encounter changes our life. And I wonder whether you've got stuck in an encounter moment from years ago, and you've become dusty, because you encountered God 20 years ago, and you tick the encounter box. Today, my prayer is that we all encounter God for a new way. God can fall afresh. God can speak to us and challenge us and encounter us in a new way. In a minute, I'm going to show you a photo. And um, I need to precursor this photo because I get told off when I show photos on screen. I get told off from my kids because they always say, Daddy, 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 why would you put embarrassing photos up of us? And I'm like, oh, girls, it's simple. It helps people encounter God because you're cute. So they look at it and like, oh, God. And then t- last time I preached, I... I put a photo up of Laura, and this got me in trouble. You see, I, I was put on the naughty step at home over this photo because I put a photo up of Laura with no makeup on. And apparently that was a sin to do that. Um, so today, today I've learnt because I'm a wise person. And I have a photo, in fact, two photos of me that I'm about to put on screen. This is me. Um, this is me aged 11. Firstly, I need to, I need to um, highlight the, the all-in-one bright yellow Umbro um, kit. I wore that everywhere. Every single day I wanted to wear my bright yellow Umbro kit. And on the right, the hair is just fascinating. 
Like, what, what was I thinking or my mum and dad thinking, forcing that upon me? Um, but this is interesting. These photos are interesting for me because I was age 11 and I was going on the journey from transitioning between kids and youth in, in life, but also in church. And so my mum and dad were doing everything to try and help me transition from the annex into main church. And so what they did is on Sunday nights, we used to have Sunday night gospel meetings. So they would bring me every, every Sunday night when I was age 11, which was amazing because before that, I was too young to go. They said, oh, you need to go to bed early. But when I was 11, they started to bring me along. And this very special night, I remember I was stood literally down here, just here. There used to be a keyboard up here. I was stood down there. And the person speaking said, if you want to encounter God in a new way, come forward. And, and, and I, I was a Christian. I, I, I believed I had said to Jesus, yeah, God, save me. God, I give you everything I've done wrong. I believed I was a Christian. But I don't believe I'd fully encountered God. And so I walked forward and just stood there, little 11-year-old, there. And Sue, Sue Jordan, she's just over there, came to pray for me. She probably doesn't remember this, but I remember it. Why? Because I encountered God for the first time. There. Just there. And it wasn't, it wasn't a magical moment, a mystical moment. It was a powerful moment. And what happened is, is this boy up there was, was shy and timid and, and scared and fearful and anxious. Would never do this. In fact, whenever I had to engage with someone, I would ask my sister to engage on my behalf. I wouldn't talk to anyone. But something happened when I encountered God that day. Like boldness filled me. And courage filled me. And something of God came upon me. Not to make me perfect or better than anyone else. But allowing me to be me. Because when you encounter God, people know. When you encounter God, you're changed. When you encounter God, he gives you what you actually need. Not just what you want. He gives you what you need. And that moment down there, as an 11-year-old boy, changed the trajectory of my life. Because I encountered God. This story in Luke 24 is an encounter moment just like that. And the story starts where Jesus has just risen from the dead. And he started to walk along on a journey to Emmaus with two of his friends. And his friends are downcast. They're upset. They're frustrated. They feel pain because what they thought was going to happen hasn't happened. They thought Jesus was going to rise from the dead. But they haven't seen Jesus. But the scripture says he was walking with them. He was next to them, dialoguing, talking to them. But they hadn't realized it. So they were frustrated. I imagine they were, they were upset and tearful. And they enter a conversation with this stranger. The Bible says a stranger who was Jesus. They enter a conversation effectively around the Easter story. They were saying to Jesus, the stranger, do, do you not know what's just happened? Our saviour has died and he's nowhere to be seen. And Jesus is walking alongside them telling them what's happened. Telling them, do you not understand? The saviour has died and risen. Do you not understand this? It was prophesied. It's exactly what's happened. But they don't believe it. They're stuck on this journey. The road to Emmaus. And we'll pick up the story in Luke 24, starting at verse 28. They just had this discussion with Jesus. But they don't know him, even though they know him. 
As they approached the village to where they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on that road and opened the scriptures? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke bread. This story is, is fascinating for me because it's twofold. Physically, there is a journey that two of Jesus' friends were going on with Jesus. Physically, they were walking seven miles on the road to Emmaus. But there's something going on in the spiritual as well on this journey that maps into our life too. Because in this journey, in this story, we see they go from a position of not knowing Jesus. They didn't recognize Jesus. To discussing the scriptures with Jesus to then realising who he was. And then going to share their encounter story with others. A journey that we can all make. And we're all somewhere on that journey. Whether we're in the stuck part. Whether we're in the part that we know of Jesus because we understand the Bible, we know of him. But we don't know him. Or we're in the knowing him stage. And we sit there. But in this story, they rush back to share the news with others. Four points on the journey. My message today I've called Encountering Jesus on the Journey. Encountering Jesus on the Journey. And there's four things that I want to dig into in the next 15 minutes of things I've noticed about this journey. My first thought is that Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. It says in Matthew 28 verse 20, Surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Jesus is with you, not only when you expect him to be or when you feel him, not only in church. He's with you always. And these two guys, friends of Jesus who were walking, Jesus was with them, but they didn't realise he was with them. Imagine how their conversation would have been different on that road if they'd realised it was Jesus. Less of disappointment and, and fear and lack of faith and more of, whoa, this guy's the real deal. More of awe and wonder if they had realised Jesus was with them. I think this picture of Emmaus can be true for us because Emmaus was a, was a road where they became stuck on. So they were physically moving but spiritually stuck. They were stuck in their pain and disappointment. And it got me thinking that, that we can all be stuck at times. We can physically appear okay. We can physically be moving and physically be doing what God's asked us to do. But be stuck personally on this Emmaus experience. And Jesus is with us, but we're not aware he's with us. And so we're, we're frustrated. And Jesus is with you. A couple of weeks ago, we took our family to um, Legoland with some friends. And on the way back, we thought, oh, it'd be great to, to spend the day in Windsor. So we booked a soft play in Windsor and drove into Windsor. 
at lunchtime. Oh dear indeed. Now Windsor's an interesting place because there's four car parks in Windsor and for some reason on this day every single person in the UK was in Windsor. And we pull into this car park, drove around, no spaces to be seen anywhere. So our friends that were with us got a space. I thought, oh, that'll be all right, I'll drive around again. So I drove up and down this multi-story, no space to be found. Looked at the clock, oh, we're going to miss our slot now. I don't want to do that. So I dropped off Laura and the girls into the soft play centre, drove to the other three car parks in Windsor, still no space. Got back to the multi-story, drove up two more times, still no space. I thought, oh, okay, one more time I'm going to go up. So I drove up this multi-story, I then got stuck in the multi-story because there was gridlock. No one was moving. And I found myself getting wound up that I was stuck. I found myself getting annoyed that I was stuck. I found myself getting angry that I was stuck. And then I remembered my friend Ian, who is now stuck in soft play with all of the kids. Um, I realised I'm not as stuck as, as him. Um, and the perspective shift was fascinating. I then praised God that I'm stuck in the car um, and not in soft play. But what was, key, what was key to this? What was key to this? What was key, and he's still not forgiving me yet. He's at the back, like, staring me down right now. What was key to this is the perspective shift. Because I felt that I was being, my calling, my purpose was over here in soft play. That's what I'd agreed to do. But that wasn't what God had planned for me to do. He planned for me to be here, to have this little mini encounter with him in my car. So to shift me out of gear, I, I put on some worship music and, and just chilled and actually enjoyed the fact I was in the car. <laughs> the perspective shift. Jesus is with you. Amazing. Yeah, you can clap. You can get excited in church. Amazing. My next thought is Jesus wants to transform you. So he wants to transform you. In particular, your heart and eyes. We read in verse 31 and 32 that, that when he broke bread, their eyes were opened and they discussed that their heart had burned when they met this stranger on the journey. Jesus wants to transform your heart and eyes to his truth and his presence. There's something amazing about, about eyes. I remember when, when I was in school, just when I looked like that photo earlier, I was a good kid, so that meant I had to sit at the back of the room. So the naughty kids sit at the front, good kids sit at the back. But what I find myself doing is always questioning the teachers on, can you write nicer, please, because I can't read your writing. Can you use better board pens, please? Because they're always blurry and fuzzy. Can, can you light the classroom a bit better? Because I can't quite see. And I just assumed everyone felt that way and everyone saw what I was seeing. And then as I got older, I remember my first driving lesson. I sat in the car, my driving instructor said, Tom, age 17 at this point, Tom, can you read the number plate in front? I, like, I think there's a number plate there. I think there's a car somewhere over there. And she said, Tom, go and get your eyes tested. I was like, I don't need my eyes tested, thank you. You're a driving instructor, not an optician. <laughs> but I went to get my eyes tested. And you know they put this head thing on and flick the little lenses through. I was like, wow. I can see. This is amazing. Age 17, my first pair of glasses. I remember putting my first pair of glasses on. And the whole world popping into colour, popping into life, popping into 3D. I could, see, I could see perception, I could see depth, I could see everything. Up to age 17, I was wandering around like this. <laughs> but when I put my glasses on, I could see. I could see. 
a different perspective. I could see something new. I don't know about you, but I love optical illusions. I love looking at various pictures and seeing something different to what other people can see. I've got a few for you today that I want to... Let's just have a poll on these few images to see who sees what. So let's have our first one up, please, Julian. Um, there's going to be a zebra up here. And what I want to know is which zebra is looking forward. So there's two zebras in this photo. There's this one and there's this one. So hands up if this one is looking forward. Oh, a few. Hands up if this one's looking forward. Most of you. That's really interesting. You're seeing different things. You're seeing the same photo. But you're seeing different things. I don't know the answer. It's interesting. It's interesting. I'd go with, I'd go with number two because more of you did that. Okay, let's look at the next one. Let's look at the next one. This one's fascinating. So stare at the screen. Stare at that screen. So pop your hand up if anything is moving on that screen. Is the ball rolling along? Cool. Pop your hand up if it's just staying still. Nothing's happening. It's fascinating. For me, I look at that and I see the ball like wave along the screen and it, it, it kind of confuses me. But others look at it and see just a stale photo of a ball and nothing happens. But we're all looking at the same thing. What about this next one? This next one I saw and I laughed when I saw this. The, the other, next one, Julie. Next one, next one. There should be another one on there. This one. So you can read this and you could read, just do nothing. It is impossible. Or you can read, just do it. Nothing is impossible. We're looking at the same thing, but we're reading something different. And finally, there's lots of dots that are going to appear on screen. And this was from a test in 2018 at Harvard Uni. And what, what the, the professors wanted to do was to see what people are seeing. So on screen, there's 200 dots. And some of them are coloured purple, some of them are coloured blue, and every range in between those spectrums. And what they asked people to do was to count the number of dots that were purple and count the number of dots that were blue. And every single student came up with a totally different answer out of their test. And they decided that even though it's exactly the same image they were giving everyone else, your brain, like, does something. And they deduced that, that their, their findings was that we see what we want to see. We see what we want to see. You can look at that, and if you see purple, you see purple. And you could look at a blue one and see purple, even though it's blue. Because we see what we want to see. And it got me struck on this journey. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Because you see what you want to see. Are you looking at this man who's walking beside you, and he's a stranger? Or are you looking at him on your journey, knowing he's Jesus because he's with you, and he wants to transform you? your heart and eyes. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Heart and eyes. Heart and eyes. Number three, Jesus is looking for your response to this. Once you're, once you're aware that he's there, once you've allowed him to transform you, He's looking for your response. In, in the story, we see that their response was to go and share the good news immediately. They ran back to their friends and shared what they had just encountered, what they had just experienced. I know when, when my girls have done something good because they can bounce out of school to tell me, Daddy, 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 I got 10 out of 10 today on spelling. 
Well done. Daddy, 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 I just won my maths award. Daddy, 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 I've done good at singing. They're desperate to share something good. I know when they've not done so good because I need to ask them, how did you do on your spelling today? Four. But there's something in us where, where we desire to share good news. We desire to share. And as I was reflecting on this story, I reflected on my desire to share the good news because certain areas of my life, I'm desperate to share good news. I'm desperate to share good reports of, of my family. But how keen am I to share the good news of my encounter with Jesus outside of this setting? It's easy in here. But when we leave, how desperate are you to share the encounter? Because Jesus is looking for our response. His two friends ran back and shared the news. Jesus is real. We've encountered him. We see him. Our hearts are burning. They were desperate to share the encounter. There's two other responses that I want to drop into to this point because um, there's a response in here as well for, for people that don't quite know Jesus yet. You, you kind of know of him, but you don't know him. And so on your journey, it feels like there's a stranger around. And today... I'd love to give you the opportunity to, to connect with Jesus so he's not a stranger, but, but he comes into your world, into your life, and you can see him as Lord and Saviour. The Bible calls it sin. The Bible calls it saying sorry to God for, for the things that I've put in place to, to disconnect me from him. And the first way we can encounter God is simply by saying sorry. God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. I, I, I really want to connect with you. I really want to give you, give you the mess in my life and encounter you. And I'm going to give you the chance to do that right now, church. So if you can bow your head and close your eyes and just reflect on, is that you on your journey, on your walk? Are you far from God? Do you not understand who he is? Do you not feel him? Do you feel not connected to him? Because he's there, he's with you. And so today I'm going to give you the chance to say sorry to God. And, and the way you do that is really simply after three. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. No one else can see apart from me and Jesus. And what you're doing by slipping your hand up is saying, God, yeah, I acknowledge I've done things wrong. But I want to connect with you right now. And that can be your response today. Because Jesus is looking for your response. So after three, if that's you, just slip up your hand. One. Two three amazing wow fantastic father you see these hands hands raised of people that want to encounter you right now on their journey so father we ask you to set these people free father would you eradicate their sin and make them whiter than white father would you help their minds focus on you, would you help restore them, set them free? Father, would you draw close to them and encounter them right now in what they need from you? Amen. Amazing. But there's another response that I think is key for all of us on this journey. A response of being filled with him afresh, encountering him new afresh. And we can all do that. We all can make the choice to encounter him again 
and not rely on yesteryear's encounter. I can't rely on my encounter moment down here in 1998. No. But some of us do. I can't rely on that. I encountered God in worship when aid was leading. Something happened. I was like, oh, God, you're good. I just need to praise you again. Literally 20 minutes ago, just there. And this links into my final thought of um, communion having power to bring encounter. What I find amazing about this story is that they did this journey with Jesus, who was a good friend, but was a stranger to them at the same time, which is just... And they realised who he was when he stood up and broke bread. We read it in verse 30. When Jesus was sat at the table, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them, and then their eyes were opened. Wow. Wow. So often we approach communion, we approach this breaking of bread thing as just a habit or thing we do, a nice thing we do. But, but here was an encounter moment. I wonder what did they see? Did they see, did they suddenly see the scars when he broke bread? Did they suddenly realize his tone of voice? Did he speak differently? What was fascinating is that Jesus was a stranger in their house. So he shouldn't have done what he did because that's the host's job. The host should stand up and lead the session of communion. The host should do that. But Jesus, no, 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 I'm going to do this. Oh, Jesus. And my prayer today as we enter a time of communion is, is that as we stand together and gather together and break our little cracker, drink our juice, that Jesus is revealed to us again because there's power in communion. Why is there power in communion? Because it's not about us, it's about him. Communion is one of the only times that we forget all of us and focus on him. Forget, on, forget my needs, forget my wants, forget my failures and focus on him and focus on giving thanks to him what's interesting I love the fact that our brain can't be thankful and something else we can't be thankful and be pained we can't be thankful and be angry we can't be thankful and feel disappointed we can't it's fact scientists prove it it can alternate. We can be thankful now and leave and feel pain. Like Aid said earlier, you can leave and feel something different. But in communion, when you're thankful, you can't be anything else than thankful. And that's why communion is so powerful. That's why we get to encounter him again. Because we come to him and say, God, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you're with me on this journey. I thank you that you set me free. And so we can end church by, by doing communion. And the kids are going to come in shortly. And it's going to be chaotic and there's going to be noise around. There's going to be people moving. That's all okay. We're family. It's all okay. But what I encourage you to do is to, to not, not take communion on your own and just sit there on your own. But go and do it with someone else. Do it with someone you're sat next to or, or maybe you want to go and take communion with someone over here and you're over there. That's okay. I encourage you to move about and cause a bit of mess. And the way we're going to do it is there's a pod under your chair and in the pod there's a little cracker and then in the bottom there's some like juice, some like Rabina. And I encourage you in a minute to, to firstly reflect on the journey of Emmaus and what that means for you. What that means for you. 
Are you aware of Jesus because he's there? Have you allowed him to transform your heart and your eyes? What's your response to him? Because I encourage you to share the good news. I encourage you to do that. But I encourage you for when we take communion to take it as an act of thankfulness and thank God for something he's done for you. And in that moment, imagine Jesus breaking bread and revealing himself to you all over again. So when you leave this place, you've become a new person. When you leave this place, you've encountered God again. So we're going to do that. The the band are just going to play. They're not going to sing for a minute. They're just going to play. And we're going to take communion. So, So grab your pod and stand up and have a look around. Have a look around. Who are you going to go and take communion with today? Everyone can move. And use it as a time to thank God. When OC kids come in, go and grab your kids and get them involved with this communion. But let's be family to one another. Go, go and take communion with someone. Thank God for something. If anyone in the house is gluten-free, then Carl over here in the blue hoodie has gluten-free pods. Amazing. Thank you, Carl. So kids are coming in. If your child is an OC kids, go and get your kids and get them involved with this communion. Thank God together as a family and allow him to, to bring an encounter moment right now. In the last few minutes, encounter God afresh.